Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Happy fucking New Year's Eve, you Johns. Wow, I'm always excited to release a pod episode on a, on a holiday. It's like, whoa, you can release podcast content on holidays? That seems like it's extra lit. <laughs> Meanwhile, probably nobody's going to listen to this shit because they're getting ready to go out and party and shit like that. You know what I mean? By the way, if you're listening to this Friday morning and you're in New York, we are having a Black Hat Friday show tonight, December 31st at 8 o'clock. We're going to do just like a quick 90-minute show. Ended at 9.30, and then probably go to this bar, The Magician, because obviously we're too lazy to, like, you know, pay for tickets to go to some place, so we're just going to, like, walk down Rivington in a drunken stupor and just stumble into a bar. That I think that's how you're supposed to plan your New Year's Eve, right? You just w- purposely walk around the Lower East Side, hoping that some bar will let you and your, your dumb buddy in who has a fucking... Or le- <laughs> Josh Wesson is on the show tomorrow. He's a funny comic. He's been on the show on the pod before and he he brings this fucking uh unicorn unicorn unicycle thing i don't know it's like an electric scooter but it's just one wheel with you know handles on the side that his feet go on pedals pedals i guess dude it's a fucking maniacally dangerous device josh is constantly in traction from having multiple surgeries from his dick to his back <laughs> and and then he just goes around the lorry side and tries to get into places they're like, sorry, sir, you can't bring your weird unicycle in here. Your weird u- motorized unicycle that at any point could shoot off and, you know, sever the limb of a of a co-ed. Like, what are you doing, pal? What the fuck are you doing, Josh? You fucking hear me? Anyway, this is the final episode of the uh, of the podcast for 2021. Danny, nobody gives a shit, dude. It's just another thing, you know. Comes out twice a week. Doesn't matter what t- time of year it is. But hey, it's consistent content, and that's what everybody looks for in life. Not good content consistent content my friend Haley and i uh were texting what's up Haley? i think she might be listening to this and uh she told me that she you're supposed to like when you get ready for bed and you put like face lotion and all these like oils and elixirs or whatever on your face you're supposed to lay motionless in bed so that the you know whatever it is shit rubbing your face can do its work but i mean like what kind of life is that to lead you know she said right because it will, it will rub off in your pillow do not move your face and lay the lotion covered hands gently on top of your comforter so you can't move your hands either don't move whatever you do do not move it makes for a very relaxing sleep (laughs) you're just laying there ruining your own night (laughs) dude fuck that i'll put some lotion on i'm not gonna lay motionless like a fucking vampire that's a weird activity you know if any girls or guys are out there doing that just stop doing that there's not going to be a noticeable difference in your skin quality if you move your head a little bit (laughs) before you go to sleep so there's a little piece of advice for you. Also, my favorite uh, new Christmas song this year was by this band, Dengue Fever. <laughs> uh, they, they named it Dengue Fever. Why not name your band after a you know very debilitating disease that has likely killed millions over the course of time? But they have this uh, Little Drummer Boy. I really, dude, I've listened to this their version of Little Drummer Boy probably like forty to fifty times because I'm just so impressed with how what like what was you know a stale traditional pretty pretty you know standard piece of the christmas canon they reimagined it and made it something new and beautiful and unique and yet hewed also to the original spirit of the song i'm always impressed when when, you know bands can do that like any song it's like any word right like if you say a word you could say candy cane candy cane candy cane there's a million different ways to say words and i would assume that there are also an infinite number of interpretations of any song 
right? I mean, there's got to be, which is crazy. So that means that you could listen to, you know, an, an infinite series of incarnations of a particular song from the day you were born to the day you were dead. Just one song, die, and then you still have like an infinity of variations left. That's that's got to be true, right? I mean, I'm I'm checking my sources here by just looking at my TV and uh, assuming that the TV will tell me that it won't. I had to take a quick pause for a sneeze. Nobody wants to hear me sneeze. You know what I mean? I'm watching the Peach Bowl. It's December 30th as I'm recording this. And uh, I've been to the Peach Bowl. Uh, I watched the Miami Hurricanes play the Florida Gators. I don't even know when it was. Probably like 2007 or some shit. And I, dude, I, I'll never forget this. The Gators fans. First of all, if you're a Florida Gators fan, what are you doing, dude? Gainesville? Seriously, bro? Right by the Florida Farm Bureau off of 75 in the middle of the state. Very whack, dude. You got to be a Hurricanes fan, if anything, in Florida. You know what I mean? But um, they we played... The Hurricanes played the Florida Gators, and then the Hurricanes player got hurt. And this guy, this Florida fan, probably like three rows uh, behind me, shouted, Dig a hole and bury him! Which, that's very impolite, first of all, okay? <laughs> this guy's hurt. He's in a lot of pain. And you now want... The Florida players to get shovels out, dig through the turf, and bury a man alive. Come on. That is very unsportsmanlike. And they also do this like weird song that they sang, dude, during some quarter. It's like, dude, quit with your fucking weird song, okay? Just try to be cool. Last thing I'll say about the sports. The Florida Gators logo on their helmet, it's the most redneck fucking football helmet on the planet. Um, What do you, how, what do you want to do for our, for our helmet? Uh, make it orange. Orange is a bright, nice color. And then what about, do, should we have a picture of an alligator? Like a sleekly designed image of a gator? Maybe like chomping down on something? No, just just spell out gators in cursive. <laughs> wow, cool. You guys are real cool, dude. Losers. Dude, one time I was in uh, Costa Rica, and we we're at this um, bar by Volcano Arenal, I think. Uh, me and a couple friends. And there was this really cute girl across the bar. And, you know, they call people that live in Costa Rica Ticos. So there was this really cute Tico across the bar. And I was like, oh, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal up my nerve and and send that girl a drink. So I did. So I asked the bartender, I was like, "Can you give that girl over there, uh, you know, a drink?" And then she brought her the drink. And then the girl like looked up. She looked. She was confused. And she looked at the drink, and then she looked up at me. And then she realized, like, you know, I had just done something nice. So she like politely smiled with like, you know, like thank you. Then returned talking to her friends, and we never shared a word. <laughs> so that didn't go anywhere. Whoops. Also, there are always these like dogs. We went to this one bar there. I guess a lot of my stories involve bars. There was this one. There were a lot of wild dogs, wild dogs, like feral dogs, like in and out of this bar. I'm like, dude, somebody needs to take care of these dogs. But feral dogs, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care. Like, they will let you pet them, but they don't want to be petted. It's kind of weird, you know? You're like, wait, aren't you just a cute little muffin? And, and you're going to like scratch your little neck and, and make you in there. And the dog's just like, fuck you, dude. Don't touch me. Do you have any scraps? <laughs> I've been uh, reading stories about John Madden, who just died. Uh, that sucks. He died the week before, between Christmas and New Year's. And it's, it, it does, I've, I know I've said this before. It just sucks when somebody dies. And then as you're reading their obituary or tributes are pouring in for them, you learn more about their life than you ever knew when they were alive. And now you finally have a better understanding and appreciation of them, but they're dead. So besides that, it's great. So, um, but anyways, one of the articles I read said that for more than 20 years, that bus 
the Madden mobile, uh, Shepard Madden to and from his assignments, a fulfillment of sorts of a favorite book, Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck, who had driven around America in a camper with his poodle. When Madden greeted family members and friends on the flight he had chartered for them to attend his induction ceremony at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, in August 2006, it was his first time in an airplane in 27 years. Oh, wait, what the fuck? That's weird. I was just watching this like special about him, and he said that he'd never got on an airplane since he decided not to get on airplanes. But I guess they, they must have interviewed him before 2006. I don't know. Woo! No idea. Uh when you pulled up somewhere in that bus, it was like Air Force One had arrived, said Fred Gaudelli, who as Madden's producer at ABC and NBC, traveled with him for seven years. It was amazing the way people would react to that thing. Yeah, that was always very lit. I never saw the Madden movie alive, but it was always like, dude, there he is. That guy doesn't fly in airplanes and he, made, he got his own bus. Like lit. Why not? It sounds fun. Dude, if you're fucking, if you're like rich and you just go around the country like announcing football games or like, you know, being a comedian or a musician, and you've got a sick tour bus. Like, I'm very much in favor of that. Like, I want a lit ass tour bus, dude. <laughs> Danny, shut up. All right. Um, this is a quote that, um, or a little snippet from an article that I read. I just thought it was this term was interesting. Uh, they're talking about universal pre-K. They're talking about the accomplishments and tenure of Bill De Blasio, whose mayorhood is coming to an end today, New Year's Eve. Um, it said Mr. Lewis called universal pre-kindergarten an incredible accomplishment, but said that the program alone was not enough to declare victory against inequality. How long are you going to ride that surfboard? She said, Oh, how long are you going to ride that surfboard on your one little accomplishment wave? And then sooner or later that wave's going to die. And now you're just a fucking scrub, dude. I'm going to start using that, that, uh, phrase more often, like more often. I'm going to start using that phrase. You keep riding that surfboard, you fucking tool. Um, I had a uh, my. I don't think my, my parents have not seen Die Hard, but they were not believing that it's a Christmas movie, dude. Die Hard happens on Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas movie. That was my closing argument. Anyways, not sure that was worth reading. Um, here's another uh, article snippet I picked up. This winter, it seemed attitudes had changed, at least among British lawmakers. They're talking about. Uh, uh, Omicron in England. On December 8th, when Boris Johnson announced that masks would become compulsory again in most indoor public spaces in England, in response to the Omicron variant, he said that singers were exempt. A government spokesman later clarified that, that, dis- that this didn't mean people could sing while shopping and avoid wearing a mask in grocery stores. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like so fun. You're just walking through a grocery store like... The weather outside is frightful. Dude, dude, you're spreading tons of COVID. No, I'm not, dude. This is part. This is an exemption. Leave me alone. It's a fucking fair exemption. Um, I also had another argument with somebody recently about uh, whether or not lobsters can scream. They can't scream. Now, I guess the, the determination of whether or not they can experience pain is somewhat up in the air. It seems like kind of cloudy, but they don't have vocal cords. And even in agony, they cannot vocalize. Oh, I guess they can't feel. Sorry. <laughs> the high-pitched sound made by an overheating lobster is caused by expanding air rushing out of small holes in lobsters' bodies like a whistle being blown. A dead lobster will scream, quote-unquote, just as loudly as if it was living. <laughs> All right. That's just some sad information. But, you know, what, what, that makes me wonder, like, wh- at what level animal in the species like you know hierarchy from amoeba to human do you start getting vocal cords it like can snails make noises no did i do any research to answer this question and maybe enlighten listeners no (laughs) 
<laughs> of course not. Um, I also read this article on the airplane down to Atlanta over Christmas. It was talking about like, um, you know, like family dynamics and the holidays. And I really like this, this paragraph. It said, ultimately, all of these strategies are tied. It's like strategies to help you like cope. If you have like a, a difficult family situation that you're going to over the holidays or something, they go, ultimately, all of these strategies are tied to one important concept, agency. You have choices about how you spend your time and energy, even during the holidays and even when it involves your family. This year, when we're all trying to figure out which risks are worth taking, leaning into your agency might help you feel a little less fatigued and maybe even a little more festive. I like that. You know, that's uh, advice you can apply at all times of the year for and not even just your family, friends, work dynamics, whatever. You know, like you have a choice about how you act and deal with the situation instead of just like constantly ruminating and mulling like I do. Ruminate, mull, ruminate, mull, ruminate, mull, ruminate, mull. I posted a picture on uh, Instagram of me playing football with my uh, nephews in Atlanta and my friend Julio Gallarati, co-host of Oops the Podcast, <laughs> uh, correctly pointed out that I was just trying to get chicks. <laughs> He's like Danny pulling the Zach McGovern, former co-host of Space What the Fuck, dude. This is him quoting me thinking my thought process. If chicks see me looking, if chicks see me being good with kids, they want to fuck. <laughs> fuck you, Julio. How dare you accurately identify my intentions? But in my defense, I did tell my nephews that before we took the picture. I'm like, I'm sending this picture. I'm putting this picture out on Instagram so that chicks will think I'm like being nice. And, oh, look, he's so sweet and cute. Maybe I should make out with him. Did that help me in any way? It did not. By the way, there's this. Um, uh, video on YouTube. It's I think it's the Kennedy Center honors. I want to say, and I think that they're honoring George Clooney, but it's Miley Cyrus singing that um, that song from A Brother Where Art Thou that ends with "We'll meet you on God's golden shore." Dude, that is I've I've watched that clip probably like twenty times already. It's so fucking good. And then at one point she talks to Clooney during it, and she's like, "See, we did a, a band a banjo solo in Hollywood. It's one of the few times you'll hear a banjo solo in Hollywood." Anyway, I highly recommend that, dude. And also just any and all Dua Lipa video. But dude, fucking GQ it was a GQ, I think. Um, they did this like when I meet and like marry her, I'm gonna shield her from like creeps like this. But they did this weird like interview with her where they hooked her um arm up i guess to a lie detector test and then they showed the you know seismograph thing going up and down and then they just asked her a bunch of like you know just kind of a little bit slightly weird and creepy questions and it was this dude asking it in this like like pushy demanding creepy tone i'm like leave her alone you fucking pricks what the fuck what is that just if you have a question ask her just ask her the question ah <sighs> I'm either going to I'm gonna, I'm going to marry her. Dua, I know you're I know that she listens. First of all, I know for a fact she listens to every episode of my podcast religiously. Um she's been known to cut a show short early. Like even if she's performing at Wembley Stadium, she'll wrap up before her encore um to go listen to a new episode of my podcast because it comes out at two AM, which is like seven AM. Danny, that this joke doesn't make any sense because nobody would be performing at a concert at seven AM in England. You dumb piece of shit. Now, honey, don't be too hard on yourself. I haven't said a word the whole podcast. I was letting you run with it. And then sure enough, you went down a little mental mental uh, cliff. You jumped off a mental cliff. Now you're being hard on yourself. Dua Lipa's going to love and marry you. Don't you worry, honey. You're right, baby. Wait, I don't want you to marry Dua Lipa. I'm your girlfriend. <laughs> That's right, honey. It's, 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 like what, it's like when you have the list of, the uh, you know, you can cheat on your spouse with these five people. So 
Well, who are your other four? Don't you worry about it. All five are Dua Lipa. And that one's done. That one's done. Um, I watched that movie, uh, Don't Look Up. I don't know if y'all have seen it yet. It's the Adam McKay uh, movie on Netflix. And it's about a comet coming towards Earth. And it's got all these fucking stars like fucking Kate Blanchett and blah, blah, fucking John. Leonardo DiCaprio. Dude, I, it's just, it was okay. But like, it was they were just trying, the metaphor of was too forced about like a comet is similar to like the vaccine deniers. And it's like, also that doesn't even make sense. It was just too over the top, obvious of a farce and ev- everybody, the actor, the acting was like a little overdone and everybody was too dumb. Like they painted the characters all as kind of dumb. And it's like, I, it takes me out of the movie if all the characters are going to be dumb. Anyways, one of my favorite things about it was this quote that they put in the front in the front in the early going in the movie uh, I love when they superimpose quotes at the start of a movie. I'm like, oh, this is going to be deep. But this one was just a Jack Handy quote. Um, it said, I want to die peacefully uh, in my sleep like my grandfather, not screaming in terror like all of his passengers. <laughs> when I went to uh, grad school at Case Western um, in Cleveland, like my favorite thing to do was we would just like at the end of the night from going out, we go back to my uh, apartment, me and my roommate, Bill, we would host a little gathering and we get super high. And then we would read deep thoughts, deep thoughts by Jack Handy. And my friend, Michael would just, he would read them and he would break down like me. He couldn't even get through them because he was laughing too hard. Dude. Some of my favorite memories in life are just being stoned, reading Jack Handy. 17 minutes, not too fucking chap, not too fucking. Yeah. I was going to finish reading the article about the, uh, the James Webb Space Telescope, but um, or not reading it, but like reviewing it. But it's New Year's Eve. Okay, I want you guys to have a great New Year's Eve. My fucking computer is doing something weird. I will just read this one quote and we'll call it. I have another Nabokov. Actually, you know what? Yes, I'm going to read this Nabokov quote. And uh, I wish you a happy and healthy and safe and prosperous. Dude, Danny, shut the fuck up. Nobody wants your fake bromides about New Year's, you dipshit. Just read the quote and fucking stop. Okay, this is a quote from Nabokov. In a sense, we are all crashing to death from the top story of our birth to the flat stones of the churchyard and wondering with an immortal Alice in Wonderland at the patterns of the passing wall. This capacity to wonder at trifles, no matter the imminent peril, these asides of the spirit, these footnotes in the volume of life are the highest forms of consciousness. And it is in this child, childishly speculative state of mind so distant from common sense and its logic that we know the world to be good. Yeah. So just when you think everything's going to shit, to take a look at the passing trifles and the creative beauty that we can find and create and love. Okay. Happy New Year's Eve, you fucking Jews. Thanks for listening to my podcast this year. Seriously, if you've been listening to it, I really appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me, even though I don't know who you really are. You know, I, I look at these stats. I don't know who the fuck the people are. Apparently, if Germany was a city in America, it would be my third largest market. So thank you, Germans, for listening. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Maybe I'll come to fucking Dusseldorf and fucking party, kid. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, just by sheer math, I've released 104 episodes this year. Um, 104 episodes of high, 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 high quality content coming to you week after week after week, no matter what, despite my busy job and no kids. Danny, you have fun. You have plenty of time for this. You have plenty of spare time. You're literally staring at a computer screen alone. You're fine. Um, all right. Peace out, you Jones. Don't, don't, don't forget to like booze up tonight, cat. You know what I mean? And then at midnight, if you want, like have a little champagne toast. Nobody does this, but I would recommend it. Yeah.
כן. 